0: Welcome to Finding The Front, brought to you by the proudly West Australian company, Euros Hartleys. This is a podcast series where we take time out to get to know the story behind the people who front some of Western Australia's leading companies. We look back at some of the moments in their life and career that shaped the journey to being the leader they are today, and provide you with some real insights into the way they think and approach things, both in business and in life. To so get the volume adjusted in your car or your headphones sorted and settle in for a great story. Here is your Finding The Front host, Tim Banfield.
1: Welcome back everyone to part B of our conversation with Mr. Tim Levy, the Managing Director of Family Zone. Let's crack on. I was looking at it. You IPO'd in 2016, $6 million IPO. Yep. You acquired Linewise yep. in 2017 out of New Zealand. Yep. New, New Zealand-based company. Yep. Acquired NetRef in June 21. Yep. Acquired a UK-based Smoothwall. And you've now got a current market cap of in excess of 400 million yeah that is a that is a significant step from your initial idea in 2013 yeah maybe we could just go back and puts it into context i think but the challenges along the way i mean they're quite amazing as to how you've overcome you've had to raise money your acquisitions and i'm just interested to learn more around starting Family Zone as an opportunity for parents to be able to monitor their kids' internet usage or having some online safety guards to now evolving into the schools. And I know there's elements we can expand on, like artificial intelligence, phrases, words, keyboards. Could you give us a little bit of an insight into that and why the acquisitions were done?
2: Yeah. So firstly, the vision hasn't changed which is this kind of universal approach to cyber safety, which I described. Where so so you can use anywhere your child's access, accessing the internet on and on any device. You know, the relevant custodian's rules can apply at that time. And it might be to have no rules, or it might just be monitor, it might be to be, you know, heavy-handed. And that custodian could be mum dad, it could be a, a school admin who's responsible for duty of care, blocking pornography on school devices and networks, or it could be a teacher in a classroom. Because in modern classrooms... You know, teachers are disempowered with 30, looking at the back of 30 screens, they've got zero idea what the kids are doing. And with COVID, it was even worse, right? So a teachers trying to make sure kids aren't distracted, but also make sure that kids can access the things they need. Like they might be blocked from accessing material about mar- you know, drugs, marijuana or, or guns when they're running a lesson on the Vietnam War. So a teacher needs to be empowered to open up or shut down the internet in modern learning environments. So the idea was that all of those custodians have a need to control or monitor that child's behavior at points in time during the day. And so we want to have complementary technology that all interoperates to allow that. So that nothing's changed in, in the vision. What's changed is, right, the market, stock market, never gives you enough money to fail. So you're always kind of, in, in, and it's often described as a pivot, but you're actually just trying to prove something so the market gives you next money, a bit more money to prove the next piece. We kind of got through that battle in, Late 2019, when the, we'd launched the Limewise product in the US and it was taking off, we'd actually found a very rich vein of, of selling technology and being able to access parents. And there's so heaps of reasons for it. The US is just a fabulous market to sell this sort of technology in. And then when we sp- started speaking to institutional investors, they kind of got it. And then COVID happened and, and all of a sudden the story resonated with everybody, you know, virtualization
1: of classrooms. Because everyone was locked in.
2: Yeah, parents are now seeing it. So everything was going well in our, in our business. And yeah, the idea of all these acquisitions is to, was to expand that ecosystem, right? find a piece of technology which we could plug into the ecosystem, and it might be a, the LimeWise appliance which sits in a school's data centre, or the LimeWise agent, so it's applications you can install on kids' devices. With Smoothwall, they have all of that, most of that actually, and they're quite a dominant position in the UK, 38, 40% of the market there, but they also have-
1: It was, what, it was a significant transaction. Massive, yeah, $150 million, yeah, $146 million. And it was $30 million revenue? 30 million
2: ARR, yeah. Yep. yeah. What they have that's really special. Think about our business like like a, like a room with a glass wall. Our, our job, historically, and we've spent a lot of time, and I think we've got the best in the world, we are the door, the gateway into that room. So we're, if the filter is the thing that lets you into that room or not. You've talked about AI, and I'll get to that in a minute. And so we and Smoothwall have very good capability in that, in that door. What Smoothal had that we didn't have is they also have, imagine someone standing outside that room, let's call them a policeman or a counsellor, who's looking at what's going on in the room. And if they see something dangerous, you know, a child's at risk, it's called toxicity, then they can intervene. They can break in that door and help support that child. This, would have, this sort of technology would have protected kids that were shot recently in, in Minnesota, I think it was, a few weeks ago. So this sort of technology is key loggers and AI tools that are sitting on devices that are detecting toxicity. And then human moderators are intervening when necessary. So SmoothWall have the best of that in, in the world. And we've now got that part of our portfolio.
1: Just just pause there, sure. Levs. Just explain a little bit about what you're looking for there. Because I know there's applications that run, that everyone accesses. Then there's keystrokes. Then there's phrases. So when you're looking at, when Smoothwall's smooth technology, does it look at applications or is it looking at what's being written? Or does it only work in certain areas or, or is it interoperable? It's
2: that monitoring software at the moment is mostly just key logging and screen capture.
1: So key logging
2: meaning? It's capturing your keystrokes. And, yes. and if it sees that you're writing words or patterns of words that suggest of risk, toxicity, or it might be bullying, being bullied, it might be um, radicalization, which is a hot topic in the UK. Right. So if those things are detected through a, a, a string, right? So we've got lightweight AI technology running on the device, analyzing that. And if, it's, if it triggers an alert, we then start capturing everything, including screenshots, and send it to the cloud, and more powerful AI tools will analyse that. And if it detects something in a longer term, right, it doesn't have to be instantaneous, a single keystroke or a single word, it'll look at it over a period of time. And then if it detects something alarming, it will send it to a human moderator, so trained counsellors who then get all that data, and then they'll intervene. They've and got, they have a process. Yeah, they've got a process. And really in that situation all bets are off. Like privacy laws don't matter. Like when kids are at risk, it's just they do what and they're allowed to, you know, arrange, arrange it for the school. It's just all bets are off. And we literally save kids' lives every day. It's incredible.
1: It is incredible. Is it a regulatory guideline now within schools to have this filter, whether it's through Family zone or, or one of your competitors? And I'd just like to understand the competitive landscape there at some point, but is it a regulatory guideline in the UK and also in the US or is it becoming that way? How's Australia f- positions as well. Yeah,
2: so um, there is essentially an obligation really in all Western markets for schools to filter and it might be codified, like in the US it's called CIPA, the Children's Protection Act, in, in the UK it's called Kixie. in Australia it's various state regulations and, and requirements. How you do it is, is also sometimes subject to regulation. so in the UK KICSI is quite prescriptive on the sorts of technologies you should use, including in the UK they also require monitoring. It's really interesting actually, there's been a change, there's been a, a very rapid evolution of duty of care and willingness for schools to deal with these issues. Historically schools would consider their responsibility stops at the school fence in the physical world and, and virtually it's essentially the same thing. At 3.15, what those kids do on those devices is not our problem. Through Kixie in the UK, that's, they're not allowed to do that. They now need to assume toxicity is happening. They can't pretend because I didn't see it, it's not happening. They need to assume it's happening and look for it. 20, 24-7. 24-7 so it's a really big change in their perspective so we're now finding those monitoring sorts of tools becoming commonplace in the uk it'll be ubiquitous within two or three years and we're also seeing with situations like what happened in the u.s the other day with this another school sadly another school shooting you know you've now got lawyers getting involved you know threatening to sue school districts and you know, school district admins and and so on so the duty of care is evolving in our space and monitoring active monitoring human moderation is going to become mandatory everywhere. Whether it's by code or not, the interesting thing about our space is duty of care is an evolving standard. If it's becoming normal in schools within your state to do this, then it becomes something that you're obliged to do, whether it's regulated or not. So you know, as solutions come to these problems and they become more and more mainstream, then all of a sudden everyone has to do it. And so our whole industry sells into that duty of care that evolves.
1: Well, it's, a, it's an important role to play in terms of that duty of care. We're clearly seeing it in the world today that it's it's definitely required and it, it needs to be regulated. What are you finding with regards to the take up? So I see you have you're concentrating now on schools rather than when you evolved to start with, it might have been more the family unit. But the family zone is an all-encompassing zone which includes the school. Am I am I on the right? Yeah,
2: yeah. So that's still the aim is to find the most effective route to put technology in the hands of parents that they can make their own informed choices about how they want to parent. That's still the aim. Selling through school districts in the US and what's called a MAT in the UK is a very efficient way of getting technology onto a device in that parent's home that allows them to make that choice. That's the next phase of our journey. We really spent the last, in 2016 we launched a consumer product and we really didn't do much to that for the next three or four years, spending all of our time on schools. And we're kind of now circling back to that part of our proposition. The great thing about working with schools in the UK and the US in particular is they own the device and they get access to much more powerful operating system features than a consumer would. So we can get onto these kids' devices really easily, like instantaneously. Kids can't remove them. They perform really well. And that's the perfect experience to give to a parent when they start engaging in their child's digital journey, right? Starting to control their child. So that's the whole idea of the US... And the UK focus, unfortunately, in Australian schools, almost all devices in Australian schools are owned by parents with BYOD funding, and they're not safe, they're not protected, and we don't have access to the enterprise tools that we get through Google, Apple, and Microsoft through the school-owned devices. So it's, the Australian model is pretty broken, actually, and there's a lot of kids exposed here.
1: Right. And do you think there's a sign of change in the wings? It's a big,
2: big problem, right? In the UK and US, there are funding models, state. You know, government federally funded models to fund these devices that go to schools. That broke down in Australia in the Rudd-Gillard years when they did that um, building education revolution thing, yes, the BR yes. program. And then they imposed all these Windows devices and kids across the country, but then there's no subsequent funding. And so the states didn't have the money, the, you know, the schools didn't have the money, and so they went to parents and said, you need to fund these devices. And school admins don't want to put technology on these devices because they don't own them. And so literally during COVID in the US, we, we had the ability to support teachers to provide safe learning environments for, you know, 2 million kids that went home. But in Australia, most kids couldn't use their school issue device because it wasn't safe. And so they were going home with bits of
1: paper. It's That's really that, hard to that fix. That is fascinating. With all the schools that you have, I, I've read that it's totaling around 20,000 schools mm. Yeah. across some 10 million students. Yeah which is a, it's a massive, yeah, it's massive number of schools and students. And tell me about the growth path. Is that, from what you're telling, you're seeing that that's only going to start to grow and the scale of what Family Zone can achieve. Just give us some insights.
2: Yeah. The, our markets, the, the opportunity for us to organically grow that 10 million student base is, is vast because I feel like our proposition's the best one in the market. Truly focused on that child. Most of our competitors in school filtering are focused on protecting, delivering on duty of care, which is really about protecting the funding models of the institution. Right. It's a very different perspective. Okay. So we're truly focused on that child. It means that we don't do some of the things that competitors would do, but it means like it does make our marketing message much more resonant. So I feel like we've got the right strategy. We've got an outstanding group of technology and, and engineering team now with the mass up of all these businesses. I feel like there's nothing going to stop us from becoming the dominant player in the market in the next two or three years, which could take 10 million students to 20 million students in three years. That's that We have that potential organically. Yes. And then there's all these new layered services like the monitoring product I was talking about and a lot of new AI, innovation in AI, machine learning tools in our space, which now pastoral care functions, safeguarding functions, and school executives are interested in looking at the insights of their programs and the efficacy of them. So there's going to be all these new revenue streams that are coming in our space. Bottom line is I think we can double our base and double our revenue per user in the next three years. So it's it's a, and that's just in education. So it's a really exciting few years ahead of us. Plus the industry is consolidating all of our competitors in a sense for sale. They're all owned by PE or VC. So they're all for sale. They're all willing to do a deal and that's creating some really interesting opportunities like the Smoothwall one. Yes. Uh, And then parents, right? The ultimate aim here is to support parents. If we could get 2.5% of the parents in our schools using a product, we'd double our revenue. That's going to be amazing three years ahead. I've got the platform now. I've got the people. It's just now execution.
0: How
1: how big is your headcount? For families. 365. 365. And they predominantly in the US and UK?
2: We, got, I think we've got about 60 in the US, 130, 140 in the UK and the rest here in Australia.
1: Right. So it really is a global business headquartered in Perth.
2: Yes, yeah, exhausting.
1: <laughs> How do you communicate? Uh, uh, it's an age-old question, but just interested to know.
2: Yeah, it's uh, and with COVID and being locked up here in Perth, we've never visited the guys in Leeds that we bought. Never met them. Never physically seen them. It's been has been taking me longer than I expected to get to some of the product integration work that I wanted to do. Fortunately, culturally and kind of business processes, management, reporting, all that's come together pretty quickly. The products we've got in the market are market leading, so the engine is moving really rapidly forward. But the level of integration I would have expected by this stage is probably not where I wanted it to be. And now it's just a ton of early morning calls into the US and late night calls into the UK every day.
1: It must keep you you are very very occupied in terms of your Australian hours plus your overseas hours. Yeah, and are you finding that a challenge, or are you capable of finding it quite easy. Um, You're in a routine.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm a morning person anyway. I'm up at five, so I'm dealing with the US is fine for me. And our the guy who runs our sales teams, Chris Swans, based in in the UK. So sorry, in, in Sydney. So it's even easier for him. Right. Yeah. So look, it's it's the team stuff that I find hard. When you need to get stakeholders that you need to buy into a particular idea, getting that group of people together in all these different time zones, that's the hard bit, that's the exhausting bit. Because we've been having to do that in the last three months. Strategy work, product visions. I can't just impose a product vision on a company this big now. I've got to actually get everyone's ideas and they need to feel like they've been part of it. In fact they need to be part of it. And so that's just that just takes time and it's yeah for us here in Perth it means morning and, and evening work.
1: How do you feel about the current situation in Western Australia in terms of being locked down and unable to travel? I know there's a political element to it. But I don't want to necessarily go down that path, but has it really impacted you? I know it sounds to me like it has a bit in terms of the integration. But oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, the, I mean, technology is enough in a way to get by.
2: Just, just get by. Just. But imagine trying to um, you know, bring a new person into your business completely virtually how do they understand your culture how yes. do they how do you you know all that um subtle stuff that you get from a physical interaction you you don't get virtually even the in the you know the five minutes before a conversation about business matters when you're getting to know that person so you know how to read the cues when you're doing the the more you know important part of the conversation you don't have any of that so it's really it's really difficult it's definitely stifling all businesses in in Perth other than mining and you know resources yeah, it's definitely impacting our business. It's it's a huge limitation, and look, and that's that's handleable. The thing that breaks my heart actually is, and you see these stories of people. who You know, there's a story of the the um the kid who died, suicide here in Perth, and their parents couldn't come and um, identify the body. I mean, they're the ones that break my heart. That's mm. the loss of humanity in in the way these things are handled. That that's I just don't think that's right. Mm. Yeah, we we can handle it in in business, but it's those moments that really really hurt Very me. Very
1: sad. Just. Moving back to AI for a minute, you must be seeing so much in that area. As a, as a general observation, how do you feel AI is going to unfold? From what Zone can do with AI in terms of detecting phrases, keystrokes, and across platforms, across applications, where do you think it's going to end up? I mean, the technology is, you can adopt it for what you're doing, but you can adopt it for a, a wide range of of areas yeah it's it's worrying
2: actually uh we've gone on our board a guy called matthew stepka who's like an ai um luminary uh he was formerly the uh, vp at google so he worked for larry page sergey brin like he's at that level and he runs runs some um, ai programs at berkeley and he's a star so I, I i try and pick his brain on this every two weeks so have a chat with him I, the truth is i don't think anyone really knows but everyone can see and people like him and richard branson they're very close they're trying to work on using tools for this for good Make the internet a better place to be. Yes, preserving agency and privacy and so on. But there are a lot of reasons to be nervous, right? You know, a, a company can tweak the dials inside their AI engine to do anything, including you know, direct people's voting in in elections. Now, those tools that Facebook used to cultivate opinion, they're they're configurable and they're using all these sorts of methods to identify trends and, and get people engaged, right? That's their business model, get yes. them engaged and you can get them engaged in, in anything, uh, in, including things that would change political views or make you more money, you know, give you more advertising dollars. Yeah, look, I, so I've got this kind of thing I bang on all the time about the need for independence, right? So that person who's sitting with you in the room I was talking about earlier, yes. you know, who's really that AI tool that's helping you make better decisions, that person who's sitting in the room with you in that platform, in say Facebook, that's helping you make better decisions, should it be Zuckerberg or should it be a benevolent uncle? Who do you want? Who do you want there with your kid in that room? That's the that's the big challenge that AI's got to address. There are a ton of amazing companies that are investing in in AI tools like uh, Spectrum in in the US, Light in in Israel. Yes, that are. In a, sense, in a sense, trying to become the way of interpreting language, so you can send a call to an API of theirs and it can come back and say well that's this is toxicity or this is just you know a particular sort of sentiment But what you do with that right how do you how do you handle that be it you use it for good, you know block that behavior or use that for bad, and you know incite other behavior. The social media and gaming platforms absolutely want to hold on to those dials that's Scary, and I don't think the I don't think regulators have got across that. I don't even think they're anywhere near thinking about
1: that as an issue. Do you think they've got the power? Can they regulate it? Yeah, I think so. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. it has to. Yeah, you
2: know, the an analogy I provide all the time is is pharmacies, right? Pharmacies in Australia are there to protect the consumer from, in a sense, the drug dealers. You can't go to Pfizer and buy drugs. You've got to go through a this kind of checkpoint that our very cleverly our our countries put in place to make sure that you know people don't take too much and don't get addicted or don't get marketed to and I see that's the same right the drug is the platform the yes. drug dealer is the you know people who provide you access to that platform and who's there protecting that end user from the drug that's really the role of our industry because we serve we don't serve advertisers we don't serve the platforms we serve the parents and the kids yes so you know, our governments have done it before, they've done it in railways, they've done it in telecommunications, they've done it in pharmaceuticals. So yes, it will come,
1: but it's going to be a battle. Family Zone is very well positioned. And it's great that you've got your niche and you're being able to apply it so quickly, really. You can scale into these the schools at a rapid rate. How long do you think it's going to be until the governments do start to reinforce it? You know, in elsewhere, other parts of the world. If you're seeing it in the UK, that's... Not only the filtering, but the monitoring. Then, in the U.S., and we're seeing it a little bit. I mean, clearly we've got our challenges here in Australia, but yeah. what about the rest of the world? Um, look, I'm not ex-
2: outside of the English speaking world. I'm not really across with the regulatory work around education and, and uh, safety in schools, duty care, and so on. I'm very active and very interested in areas of competition policy because ultimately, this this role that we want to take in the market requires interoperability. We need the ability of Google, Apple and Microsoft to give us access to the tools that support the needs of parents as opposed to preferencing their apps or their business models. And that's yeah. really what's going on. And our government is actually getting quite uh, engaged in that that topic. Trade, uh, ACCC, Digital Platforms Inquiry, um, Lucy Hicks has been asked to do an inquiry on, on online safety and tools that parents can use. and the kind of competitive barriers to using those tools. The Menzies Research Centre recently did a research paper on exactly this topic, and that's a liberal think tank. And the um, Safety Commission has recently um, p- promulgated a new Online Safety Act, which he's now prosecuting. So our government is actually, the fe- at the federal level, I think they're doing their right thing, doing a really good job, actually, in in, in what's complicated subject matter. It's the state governments who hold the purse strings for school devices. They don't care about this. And I know that sounds tough, but I just don't feel like they care about cyber safety. Every time I speak to someone in the state education circles, their view is parents aren't doing enough. And no matter how many times I tell them that parents are disempowered, you're giving them devices that they can't control. It just they also talk about it's an education problem. Parents need to inform themselves, and they need and it's, I think it's a very naive perspective. So I think it's a state government problem, actually, that we've got here.
1: Okay, as opposed to the UK, and the US, where it is being federally had, run. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's
2: a federal. CIPA is a federal act, and, and Kixie is a federal act in the UK.
1: Lev, so I was reading the annual general meeting presentation, and I, I I couldn't help but just look at your your missionary statement, so to speak. Our mission is to protect and better children's lives, to empower communities through holistic online safety tools and advice, to support educators so that children can thrive, to be a global influencer in online safety. We seek for our staff their best ever employment experience and to deliver exceptional returns for our investors. That's a big mission statement. But congratulations. Yeah. I mean, if you achieve... What you're setting out to achieve—it's an extraordinary effort, and I think what you've started doing is a—you're raising awareness, but b—you're actually doing something about it. It's a long way from the idea at the Shenton Park <laughs> meeting where you're in 2013.
2: Yeah, yeah Thank you.
1: And the, and the road ahead looks like it's well mapped. Yeah. And and the acquisitions look like they're really starting to 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 pay off. Absolutely. Um. So, is that going forward? Is that where you see your role is going to be to just continue to navigate bringing these acquisitions together, continuing to grow the schools, grow the student population, create awareness within the regulators and the governments?
2: Yeah, absolutely. My, my job really now is to kind of get out of the weeds. Um, in a sense, in the startup world, you're, you're um, scaffolding the business and finding people to take problems, but filling in all the gaps, right? That, that's the CEO's role in the startup. And now I need to make sure that there are lieutenants, there are management structures in place that can handle that um, within a vision. That becomes now my job. And then exactly as you're saying, kind of lift up and think about acquisitions and MAs, um, government relations and, you know, the bigger picture um, evolution of technology and so on. So that's not instant. It's not easy. Um, there are a lot of people in a business like ours that have, have been stretched, have been put into roles that they're not ready for or haven't been developed into. There are gaps. As, you know, so there's a lot. For me, the next twelve months is still a lot of scaffolding. Yes, but you know you can't stand still, and the market, in in particular in the corporate space, is very active. There there will be big consolidations happening in our industry that we want to be part of, ideally the perpetrator of, and not the victim of. So yeah, I need to I need to certainly for early twenty twenty just focus a lot on my time onto that.
1: Mate, I really appreciate your time. I think we could talk for hours on this. I mean, I, I'm just absolutely intrigued. It's been a great chat and uh, your knowledge base is just unbelievable um, and I know we could expand all areas of technology which is so topical and so insightful. But I just wanted to say, given you've worked 24-7 pretty much, <laughs> thanks very much for taking the time out to, to chat with us and um, it's been a real real pleasure. Thanks, Panthers. All the best with it. Thanks, mate. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding the Front, brought to you by the proudly West Australian Wealth Management and Diversified Financial Services Company, Euros Hartleys. If you like what you heard, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and subscribe to the podcast through your podcast host of choice. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please email our fabulous producer, Bridget, on communications at eurozhartleys.com or visit our website at www.euroshartleys.com. This podcast has been general information only. Your Hartleys holds Australian Financial Services Licence 230052.